0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Gen Church Midweek Podcast, a podcast about everyday people who are committed to expanding God's family because of Jesus for generations to come. My name is John. I'm the engagement pastor here and sitting right beside me is Kyle Davies, our lead pastor. Yeezy. Look at you. You're rocking one of our sweatshirts right now. Shout out to Generations Apparel. Yeah. go Check it out. And did you just say Yeezy? I did. I did. Yeah, I know. yeah you finally listened to the podcast I, I told you to listen to podcasts within a pocket you know. exactly we,
1: so. you know we consume a lot of content it's we're, we're, yes. we don't just try to create stuff out of thin air but we try to to listen to what's happening in our world we try to also listen to where mm. God is leading and directing us and so we take those and we try to help your faith become an everyday faith because we're trying to we're trying to live out our faith as well so we're not we're not doing this alone so shout out generations apparel shout out to other podcasts (laughs) like i mean we're just you know we'll just shout out
0: loud i guess yeah i guess so (laughs) so i i love it because even here what and you kind of tee this up of what we're doing is that we want to help people become everyday uh, followers of Jesus and so what that looks like is that it looks like there are, there are new people who are exploring new yeah. people who are new to generations who are new to following Jesus or even trying to figure out who God is in general and what Jesus yeah. like who Jesus is so you if you know, stumbled yeah. onto this welcome yeah we're, we're glad you're you're here like we want to help you explore explore that. We want you to help you explore Jesus, explore the church. And there's others who are going to be tuning in who's connected with us, maybe are connected somewhere else, but are, have been followers of Jesus for a while, and they're looking for different ways in which they can become equipped and empowered to go out and pursue and follow Jesus in their everyday life, where they live, work, and play. And we say that a lot, I know that. But Kyle, we've been going through this series of Mark. We're going to be in it for a little bit while longer. I mean, we're yes. only on chapter two. Yes. But I, I know we've been balancing it between some of our Sunday teachings yes. through some blog posts, devotionals, and even now our midweek podcast. Mm-hmm. So,
1: Kyle, where are we at in the story? So we're in Mark chapter two, and Richard did a fabulous job. Shout out, Richard. I mean, we're just going just yeah. to keep shouting people out. Shout out. You know, shout, shout out. <laughs> uh, did a fabulous job of helping us see On Sunday that Mm -hmm. Jesus authority is unrivaled that he is the authority over the the unseen and the seen. And so he's in uh, Capernaum and it's it's unique in the passage because it's Mm -hmm. it says that he he came home and you're like, wait, Jesus home was Nazareth. That's where he grew up. But you can see that that Capernaum is now his home. It's where he's Mm -hmm. he's relational connected it's it's where he's living it's where he's where he's spending his time and so he's in Capernaum he's up by Mm. the Sea of Galilee and this is where he is encountering more and more people he's going out and preaching in different synagogues around the area of Galilee and he's connecting with all kinds of people and so Mark brings us back to Capernaum and to the story that we find ourselves today is in Mark chapter 2. Verses 13 through 17. And so, John, we're going to look at this a yep. little bit. And so, as I've set that up, is there anything else that we need to know about the context? Of mark in this passage as we prepare to make some observations about the passage itself
0: mm. man I think the biggest thing that we've seen so far in mark is that there's really um, two different things in which we're seeing we're seeing Jesus in the beginning of his ministry okay. you see we start off with John the Baptist preparing the way for him Jesus being baptized and really the beginning of his ministry starting out and you see two different things happening you see him gathering his disciples he's calling people to follow him okay. and to basically Basically, like in modern day terms, basically be apprentices of him. Okay. And then we see another side where there's these crowds that are gathering because they're hearing of Jesus. They're hearing about him and what he's doing, what he's preaching, what he's talking about. And mm-hmm. you see uh, I'm just a couple times here, you see some people who are in their culture and time labeled as unclean okay and people who would be on the outskirts of society and I think we we even see another part of this of people who are on the outside looking in and how
1: Jesus interacts Mm. with them that's good that's good and I I would even throw in maybe another group of people into this is the the scribes and the Pharisees though Mm. who who have a good understanding of the law uh, of the Torah of what meant to be a Jew and so they're, they're engaging with Jesus in such a way that mm. I think they're almost almost perplexed at times yep. because what Mark has done is he tells us who Jesus is in the very first verse, yep. but now he's going to show us how Jesus proves that to be true. And so yes. we're starting to get a glimpse of what it means for Jesus to actually be God and claim to be God and mm. how that authority uh, of being God plays out rightly in, in their culture and in their, their world. And so we get the fun task of saying, okay, if this is the case, Mm. how does that bridge to our time and place today? So before I get too far, just ahead of myself, John, as we look at Mark chapter two, verses 13 through 17, um, Let's go ahead, and I'm going to have you just read the passage, and then let's just make some observations together and see where this goes. Um, It starts off in verse 13,
0: and it says, uh, He went out again beside the sea, and all the crowds were coming to him, and he was teaching them. And as he passed by, he saw Levi, the son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax collector booth. And he said to him, Follow me. And he rose, and he followed him. Mm -hmm. And as he was— I came not to call the righteous, but rather sinners. Mm.
1: That's that's good. Let's yeah. uh, there's that punchline there right, right at the right end. Right at let's, the end. Let, yes. Let's let's make some observations. And bef- as we prepare to make some observations, here's the cool thing: is each and every week we pr- put out an everyday faith study guide mm. with some questions on it that directly connect to Sunday's teaching, but also you can use almost with any passage of scripture, any, any narrative, because that's what Mark is right now. And so what we're about to do, a lot of those questions and observations and the meaning that we'll pull out come directly from that sheet. And so if you have your everyday faith study guide, pull it out and let's, even use that and go through that together yeah. as we attempt to answer some of those questions, really just yes. off off the cuff together. So, John, what what's something that jumps out to you in this passage? Man, I I think one of the big
0: things that I I notice in this, and I think it's two things. Uh, one, we see we see a similar follow me invitation okay. that Jesus gives to Matthew or uh, Levi in this passage it's very similar to how he calls out his first disciples those okay. who are out fishing by the sea he yeah. says come and follow me yeah and it's a very similar response okay. he rose he left he left what he was doing and he follows
1: him so now, quick question yes do you think he left all the money behind dude i don't know man <laughs> i mean that, that, that that's a big question that's, <laughs> he I just mean, left his toll booth i mean did he leave yeah. the money there or did he take it with him Dude, who knows?
0: I mean, I I think one big thing in like even like contextual thing to understand is like how tax collectors are viewed back then. And uh, some of you who've maybe been around church for a while, this might be something that's like beaten like a horse. But one of the things to understand about tax collectors is that they are not seen very well in their Mm. culture. I mean, most people today always talk about getting their taxes taken. But what was happening back then mm. is that there was this under-the-table uh, kind of thing, and what in connotation of most tax collectors that they were sleazy, that they were cheating people out of their money. And what would happen is many tax collectors would mm. upcharge mm. what the actual tax was to so they were profit cheats. themselves. And so. And that, that was the often, like, normal connotation for a tax collector. So to go into that profession was not seen very well, and mm. they were often people that were viewed as cheats, as sinners, and that, like, they were just lumped in with that group.
1: Yeah. So so Jesus is, has encountered a couple different uh, people who are clean and unclean, and he calls mm. uh, Matthew here, also known as, as Levi, yeah. to, to follow uh, him. So— do you think that the people of the day would have thought fondly of Matthew? Well, I mean, you already said said it's that they wouldn't thought f- fondly, but it's no. it's they they didn't like him at all. But who who would have been worse, a leper or a tax collector?
0: Dude, and that's a. That's a fantastic question because when you go back to like the, Levit- the Leviticus law and you go back and you look at what they begin talking about and some of the purity of what makes someone clean and what makes someone unclean, uh, you see some of the unclean stuff come from kind of your bodily health. And so if you're sick or if you have leprosy, if you have this disease, you are seen as unclean. And one of the interesting things to like note in this, and I love uh, there was a commentator who wrote about this and kind of making this contrast is that. Um, it can often be seen as more offensive of what Levi did because he intentionally chose to become Mm. a tax collector where someone who gets leprosy, they don't choose that. Like it's something that naturally happens, like diseases that can go around in that sense of like, none of us choose. Yeah. I want that disease to come upon my body. Like we, we don't choose that. And so it can often be seen as that maybe Levi, like yeah. people, would view him as worse because he willingly chose to go into a profession to go be amongst a group of people that were seen as sinners and unclean because of the sins in which they were, uh, kind of seen to be around. They were seen to be cheaters.
1: Well, I mean, I mean, tax collectors were tangible reminders that uh, that the Romans were oppressing god's chosen people and they were a tangible reminder of not just the roman oppression yeah. but of their past sinfulness that has led them into to being being oppressed that that because israel did not follow god's will and god's way that mm. they were exiled to babylon and then when they finally you know come back and are are in the land they're not in charge of their own land the, the romans yeah. are in charge of the land so, so tax yeah. collectors you know aren't just just unclean impure you know th- being seen as siding with Gentiles, they they were reminders yeah. that that ultimately they were living in the promised land without, like the yeah. promised king. I mean, I mean like like well, who who who's who's in charge well, at I that mean, time? If, Some if, other yeah. king was in charge. Yeah. Caesar was in charge.
0: If you come back to it, I mean, you even look throughout the history of the Old Testament and you see how honestly, like they blew it. Yeah, like they had the opportunity to have a world in which the they were faithful to God, and yeah. yet continually they they chose to be unfaithful. Yeah.
1: Well, we got, we got on a little bit yeah, t- we, there, well, a, a little, little bit of, t- little t- bit t- of the, the, the extra context. And so w- what our hope is in doing some of this with passages kind of in front of the camera is that yeah, we'll throw in some of that context periodically, but that we'll really be able to model for you that you can open your Bible and read it for yourself. So yeah. here we start out making John made an observation. I'm going to go ahead and do it. Uh, make one. It seems that when Jesus is reclining, the the fact that uh, Mark points this out and mm-hmm. how he how he frames up the response of the Pharisees is that they notice Jesus not just as someone who's at the party, but who's in a position of prominence at yep. the party. And it almost it almost makes me wonder if it's not Matt Matthew that's throwing this party. But it's that Jesus has thrown this party yeah. and has invited not just Matthew, because again, Jesus is the one who initiates the conversation with Matthew. So if it seems like that Jesus would have also initiated this party, which means that when Jesus said, Hey, let's let's get all these people together in your house, mm-hmm. that he has willingly invited yes. tax collector, other tax collectors who met. Ma- who Matthew would have known, yeah. and and quote unquote the the sinners, so people who yeah. who would have been on the outside seen as unclean, who were, who would, who were willingly breaking the Torah, the expectations yes. of the Pharisees, that Jesus initiates a relationship and fellowship with them, and to me that's just that's just striking to say yeah. like, again the people on the outside actually aren't the people who you would think are supposed to be on the outside. Being the tax collectors and sinners, the people who are on the outside are actually the religious elite in this case. Yeah. They're on the outside of the house literally looking in. So that's that's just a fascinating uh, maybe observation uh, that I would I would throw into there. And then Jesus, mm-hmm. as we get through the passage, it, Jesus almost gives us like like the punchline. Yes. So one of the things that is as you read the passage and we're trying to make some observations, mm-hmm. the, the natural question is, so what's Mark— trying to say what point is he trying to prove for his initial audience so john what do you think the main meaning of the passage is for what mark's trying to say
0: well i i think it leads up all to verse 17 okay and what you see is you see jesus gathered around a table that he's potentially hosting this party of his disciples and it says even the crowds that were following him are here with him Mm. and Levi, Matthew, the tax collector he's invited in, and the other people that work with him. His friend group, the people that are seen as unclean and sinners, they are all sitting around this table. And as you pointed out, the Pharisees and their scribes are on the outside looking in at this, and they're saying, why is Jesus sitting down eating and hosting these people in his house, these tax collectors and these sinners? Mm. And the response that Jesus gives here is that those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. Mm. I came not to call those who think they're righteous, but those who are sinners. And we even see that parallel to Matthew, that exact same uh, quotation. And I think what we begin to see here is it's this reminder that the Pharisees, those who are uh, Jews of this time who are observing the Torah, basically it's this reminder that Jesus didn't necessarily come for them because when you begin to. They had the law yeah they have the a wall that that's the whole point is when you begin to look at this is that the jews the whole time they were in anticipation for the messiah to come and the fact that the messiah is sitting right in front of them and they mm. can't even notice that that that, yeah. that is their big thing he comes here and he says i i didn't come for you like you were supposed to know that i was coming like the whole old testament uh portrays and calls and prophesies about me coming to yeah. make a way for everyone for all the nations for all the people and that's what he says here is that I came for those who are sinners? I came for those who are on the outsides, those who are unclean, those who are not spiritually clean in
1: this moment who yeah. don't have salvation to be a part of the family. You know it almost makes me wonder who's actually the righteous and unrighteous in this passage. Hmm. Um, I just as i as I'm reading this and I notice this, it's like supposedly, like the framework yeah. is there's going to be a little bit of an understanding was, well, the Pharisees are supposed to have been. The, the righteous, and uh, clearly the tax collectors and yeah. sinners are supposed to be the unrighteous. But I think what what we get the picture that we see is those who actually follow Jesus and understand the heart of mm-hmm. the law are the are the righteous, but Jesus comes for the unrighteous to display what true righteousness looks mm-hmm. like. And so I think what Mark's—again, what, what Mark is trying to prove the point yeah. of— is in the, in the most simplistic uh a form is to say what what was mark trying to prove it's that bottom line is that those who do not know or have access to god are those who who god wants to to make himself available mm-hmm. to yeah. that that's who that's who he pursues yeah. that's who who he pursues and makes yeah. himself known to but again in this passage it's like maybe God's also not just making himself known to Levi and the other sinners, but he's Mm -hmm. trying to make himself known through Jesus to the Pharisees to say, hey, you've actually missed the heart of the law. And so anytime we we get to that type of meaning, what we have to do is say, okay, if that's what it seems like it's meaning for for them, that's what Mark's trying to put forward. What then does it mean for us? And I think ultimately that when we ask what does this mean for us, that we we say God's heart is for those who don't have the knowledge that he is that Jesus is the son of God that he does have the authority that he is mm-hmm. that he is the way and he has also to to trace our observations from earlier yeah. what it means for us is, is God and Jesus wants to initiate a relationship with you mm-hmm. he initiates a relationship with with them, yes. God also wants to initiate a relationship with you. Mm-hmm. So, John, if that's, if that's, if we've taken some observations and some meanings, yeah. um, and we try, we try to say, okay, here's this general meaning. Yep. God wants to initiate a relationship with us that there's nothing that we have done. There's nothing uh, in our background. Again, no no mm-hmm. measurement stick that actually yes. eliminates us from our fellowship with God because Jesus wants to initiate a relationship with us. And yep. he does that through calling Matthew to follow him and then then throwing a party yes. and then saying that to the Pharisees, hey, you guys have missed yep. it i'm I'm supposed to be here for yep. four people yeah what are some ways that we might kind of internalize that and say here's how we could begin to apply that into our everyday
0: life yeah i i I think the thing that shifts my mind in this is when uh whenever I read this this similar story in Matthew nine and in the n l t version it says um for and basically the way it frames it up is that he didn't come for those who think they are righteous but for those who know mm. they are sinners mm. those who know they are sinners and what we have to understand about that is that no matter how long you've been in the church no matter how long you've been following jesus none of us are not sinners is mm. it recognition that we are all sinners kyle myself there there's no level or yeah. bar in which or threshold or amount of good things we can do to not
1: become sinners like we are all sinners those who think they're righteous aren't yeah. righteous so yeah. if, if you yeah. think yourself as good then in effect you're yeah. actually not good because you you've, yeah. you've misunderstood the point of goodness yeah and it comes back to a
0: conversation we had a little bit earlier and and i think it's kind of prevalent in here and what we see is that it is not our righteousness that we find hope and peace in rather it is the righteousness of jesus okay that, that there is no like what we see here is that literally like we like when we look around the world there is no level of someone who is too far gone. There's every, basically what we get to do is as we look within our church of who we see on Sunday, who go, to, go and uh, are part of us in groups, who we interact with during the week, who say, yes, I'm following Jesus, I'm a part of generations, or even the other churches around, we're all sinners. And even when we look at our community and we say, man, there are nine out of ten people that I'm going to experience and interact with on a daily basis who don't know Jesus, they're sinners too and that same invitation that God has given to Matthew that he's given to me that he's given to you is available to them as well.
1: So it seems like you're drawing a line there. So make so make that tangible or practical. If 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 that's the case, if no matter who you are, what you've done, if 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 you're actually sinful, which means you you fall short of the glory of God, it means you, in a in a sense it's you've missed the mark yes. of what goodness uh, actually is. Yes. So if 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 we all misstep, if we all at different times don't accurately uh, be human, yeah. like like if we functionally don't human well. Yes. Like like <laughs> like if we don't human the way yeah. we are supposed to human. Yeah. Like what is what does that mean? So so like make that make that practical, make that tangible. How do we begin to bridge that gap? How do how do we begin to actually respond and the way that Jesus responded, if he human, the way human is, yes. are supposed to human.
0: Yes. So what we begin to see here is that kind of what Jesus is calling his disciples to is to follow him. He's calling them into this discipleship, into this apprenticeship, it's we begin to look at Jesus and we adopt his lifestyle. That we take his priorities, his characteristics, his habits, and we begin to be shaped by that. And so, so make, th- so make yeah, that even yeah, more yeah. practical. And so literally what you see here, one of the very tangible things in what you see is that Jesus sees sinners around his community who are people who are often pushed to the edge of society, who are labeled unclean because of what they do, what they've done, where they've been, who they've interacted with. And Jesus invites them into his household and sits down for a meal with them and says, I care about you. I love you. You are invited into my family.
1: So a very practical thing would be to not draw lines of people that you can't get grab a meal with. Yeah. To to say, um, yeah, I'm not sure we should hang out. And what what's interesting is, is two principles that I see in this is Jesus doesn't grab a meal with them in his house. He he gets into gets into Matthew's house yeah. before, like before he even leaves Capernaum and begins to follow yeah. Jesus long. So so before Matthew just displays anything other than a response to, yeah, I'll, I'll begin to follow you. Yeah. I'll begin to connect with you. Jesus initiates a meal in, in his house. And so I think yeah. in a very practical sense for followers of Jesus or trying to figure out what it looks like to to truly follow Jesus well means we initiate relationships with other people. Yes. We get to know them. We, we spend time with them, and we don't draw lines where yeah. Jesus doesn't draw lines. Yeah but the call to those people aren't just cool we'll just exist at this dinner together eventually yeah. there, there is a call for, yeah. for not to follow us but 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 to follow follow yeah. jesus so in mm-hmm. a very practical sense what i would say is application is you initiate relationships with others that lead to yeah a meal lead to coffee lead yeah. to grabbing a beer something You initiate something with others be in proximity with others yeah yeah so so for so and again what i what i try to encourage people as we look at application Mm. even us here talking is we almost stayed in very very general terms as john said hey we're going to be in proximity to others so so get very practical in terms of think of your life think of someone in your workplace think of someone maybe even in your own home or or think of someone in your neighborhood and say okay one is a time and date on the schedule that I can have them over for, for dinner, for lunch, or I can take yeah. them out somewhere. Or if yeah. you're someone who says, man, I, I don't have the, the financial ability, what is God leading you to, to where you can maybe even get creative? Maybe you partner up with someone in the church who has the financial ability yes. to, to pay for dinner. And you say, hey, I've got this friend let's all hang out together and you introduce things like that. And yeah. and you begin to build those relationships to get to know because what Mark is trying to prove as how's we start is that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. And so Yes. What what Mark is displaying is is you gotta be in very tangible, practical locations near people. Yeah. And follow jesus in
0: yeah. the in the midst of that yeah I, there's one there's one example that i always loved and there was this guy who was talking to me and he was talking about a group in which he used to do where every monday night for monday night football they would go sit at buffalo wild wings yeah and they would watch the game together and then during halftime they would have conversation and they would talk about how they were following jesus and yeah. kind of what's going on in their life and they begin to have some of that like more in-depth conversation while they're and just a time where they're just being friends yeah. together. They're getting to know each other, they're getting to hear each other's story, and they're getting to do something fun that they love together. It's a very tangible way to begin to invite people in and say, hey, you like football, I like football, let's sit down and watch Monday Night Football together, and then let's talk a, a
1: little bit about life. Like, how are you doing? Yeah. It's- and and to help you identify some of the, some of those people that again maybe in the church as the yeah. example you provide or or maybe even outside the churches oh, that's where what I'm saying where is, yeah like, yeah
0: can, there that's a common thing people
1: yeah. you might
0: know people in your life who like sports and they're not not connected to a church like just invite them and say hey let's watch monday night football yeah. together and it
1: doesn't even have to yeah it doesn't yeah. even have to be inherently spiritual the goal at the end of it is to, to to if you are living out your faith or learning what it looks like to live out your faith it starts by Like you said, being in proximity, initiating relationships, and being friends with people despite what others may think about your friendships with them. So not drawing lines where lines don't need to be drawn. And so I would encourage you, think about some place that you go regularly this week. Who's someone that you can initiate uh, a connection with and grab a meal with them? So today we've tried to walk through... Uh, a Bible passage with you, go through some context, some observation and meaning, and and try to put some practical application. It's always best when you do this with yourself, with a group of people, with the Bible, and get very, very specific, especially towards that application piece, because we want your faith to be an everyday faith, because God will and can work through you. Yeah. Thanks for joining us
0: on this week's Gen Church Midweek Podcast. If you have questions, if there's something that popped up during this, feel free to send us a message. Yeah. We'd love to hear from you because we want this to be an interaction where we begin to help you explore and even to equip you in your everyday faith as you pursue Jesus, as you try to figure out who he is, how to interact with the church, or even what that looks like. like be willing to send us a message so that we can even maybe address it on next week or there's a follow-up conversation that needs to be had because we, like Kyle said, we want to see your faith become an everyday faith. Thanks for joining us. We'll hope to see you on next week.